welcome to Archie Radio. I'm Katie and today I'm joined by Georgia. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Bella, how are you going? I'm great, thank you. And Ronan, how are you? Hey, I'm great, thanks. Right, so we're here at Cabra today and we're going to be discussing all sorts of very interesting things, including the Cabra musical, Are My Parents Proud of Me? and Which Disney Family Are You? That's Kygo and Whitney Houston. You're listening to ArchD 1079 Life. We've got Gus and Iggy, Katy Perry on the way in the next 10 minutes uh, here at Cabra Dominican College. First time this year with Bella, Georgia and Ronan, all of whom have just recently been in the big musical. Now, this only happens once every two years here at Cabra. Bella, tell us a bit about what the musical was. How were you involved in it as well? Um, so this year we did Fame Junior, which was our first junior one-hour musical. I... How's Junior different from Fame Senior? So Fame... <laughs> if um... there is such a thing as Fame Senior. That makes it sound like it's like old people doing it. <laughs> fame, the actual um, full musical, is quite not appropriate for school that's got a lot of um, risky themes in it and so they put it down into a one-hour show that's suitable for kids and teenagers but still kind of has the underlying themes in it and the music hopefully yeah and it's still got the really good songs but it cuts out a few of the really good songs the edgier yeah edgier content yeah okay gotcha and what was your role in it? Um, I was a lead role I was a the dance teacher and I also choreographed some of the um, like dance numbers. Okay. So choreographer and like elite. So that's pretty mega. Yeah, it was because we did, we actually had a musical theatre class. So right. there were like 25 of us, I think, in the um, musical theatre class and I took it offline. But um, that was part of my assessment was choreographing. So. Righto. Ronan, you were also on stage as well. Yes, you had a I fairly was. key role. What was your part? Uh, I played a nerdy pianist. Um <laughs> who sang and um, was quite rebellious when it came to piano playing and uh, tend to stray from what his teachers expected of him. Okay. Do you actually play piano? I do a little bit. I'm. Did you play piano for the show? Now, um, you see, for a fame uh, junior production, uh, we would get sued if we changed any of the music, so we actually used backing tracks instead. Oh. Yeah, if we were doing the full version, though, we would have been... We would have been using the actual band that we have at Cabra to play the instruments and the songs. But yeah, so I had to pretend play piano. Okay. More difficult than it sounds. I I actually could imagine that pretending to play the piano would actually be harder than actually doing it for real. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Georgia, you were involved, but you had a slightly different role than um, these guys did as an onstage role. Tell us a bit about what you did. Yes, I did. So I worked um, backstage. I um, helped design some of the sets, especially because... um, a lot of the set wasn't um, like on stage; it was projections on the back wall. Right home. So yeah, I got to um, help design them and create them with um, one of our teachers, head of stage design. And yeah, during the shows, I basically was up in the booth giving directions as to when to change the slides. And yeah, it was really great. And how? I mean, is that the the part of doing this kind of stuff? Is the part that you really like? Like, is this? Do you have a desire to be on stage? Well, yes, definitely. You do. Actually, yes. This year, I don't know what happened. I guess I kind of just 
thought why not no try something different but yeah I love being on stage it was just this year yeah why not try something so this was your first time of sort of like stepping away did you miss not being there when you saw it all happening honestly yeah I was watching everyone on stage and I just thought oh how amazing it was but you know I felt just as included and excited being backstage as I would have been on so single single best moment for the whole for the whole time can you put it down to one moment I think I can. Um, it was during our final Friday night show. I had to um, tell the person controlling the projections when to change them. So I'd be like, um, stand by this particular slide and yep. go. Um, so the final night, everyone's dancing around, doing final number. And my final call was to go, yeah, stand by, go final fame projection. I remember that final moment where I said that and it went on perfectly and everyone oh, was all- awesome. Yeah, everyone was cheering and it, uh, I don't know, it was perfect. You know, it was really special. Yeah, final moments, watching everyone on stage, <laughs> watching everyone <laughs> trying not to cry. And, you know, I imagine it, it would have been an really emotional, emotional time. Emotional, but it, it was really special. Yeah. How about for you, Bella? Oh, I actually, I don't know if I could put it down to one moment. It's everything that made it so special was the production week and our last show and rehearsals and like the principals would do a sound check before every show. And so after, like straight after one of our sound checks, we all got in a circle and sang Don't Stop Believing. Right. And that was awesome. But I reckon my favorite moment would have had to been the very end of the last show and um, there's a taxi in fame and so the taxi is on stage at the last in the last scene and we all like it's originally it's just one character on top of the taxi but then everyone was getting pulled up on top of the taxi oh, we were right. all dancing even after the curtain had been pulled down and it was just wow. yeah such like connection between everyone it's really was awesome. it a bit like a moment like that happens is it a bit like you don't want the moment to kind of stop yeah you never like you never want it to end after it ended we all like broke down crying it was yeah it was wow. so hard but it was also the best experience of my life were you up there too on the taxi there Ronan? uh yes i was yeah it, it was incredible just looking out at the audience and seeing everyone's faces just bright and smiling in the light of the stage and yeah, it was just, the energy was high that Friday night. We had a sold out show and- Wow. Where yeah, was the show? Where did it happen? Uh, it happened at the Hopgood Theatre. Oh, so uh, big theatre. Yeah, and yeah. sold out on Friday night, which is just incredible. And I just remember during that last song, I had a solo at the start and I just remember I like put my hands on the piano and pretended to play. <laughs> and I look, I, look, I look to the wings and I just see everyone doing the Macarena to my yeah. solo. Right. That was my idea. Yes, it's a very serious song and very serious solo. And I just remember looking over and seeing everyone doing the Macarena and it was just such a heartfelt moment. <laughs> there it is. And yeah. So the last opportunity that you guys are gonna get, you're in year 10 now, the last opportunity you guys are gonna to get to be in a musical is gonna be 2021. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. In year 12. How do you feel? About, are, you, are you gonna do it to start with? Oh yes. yes. Of course. Absolutely. Right, so no question. How's it gonna feel when the whole school musical experience will be gone? Cause it'll be the last oh, time. Probably gonna break that's down so into sad. a quivering quivering pool of tears. Really? So oh, you yeah. can already foresee that that's gonna be oh, how it is. Gonna it's gonna be, be very emotional. It's gonna be so surreal. I think it's just like this year, we like the cast is so close. Like even now, yeah. we're all such good friends. And there's me and one other girl who have been the only ones in our year level who've done 
every musical since we got here so every musical since year six and so that'll be my last musical and I'll be one of the only people who did all four of them and so that's going to be super hard to walk away from that and I think because we'll all be so close as well because we're actually all like a lot of us because we like enjoy the same things are actually friends and so it'll be one of our last big moments not only in the musical realm but in our academic schooling will be one of our last big moments as a year 12 cohort. That was Katy Perry. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. Ed Sheeran, Khalid and Lewis Capaldi are on the way in the next 10 minutes. We are back here at Cabra College here with Bella, Georgia and Katie Panton, our special guest, special old scholar guest. Yep. There's apparently photos of you up around this place. Yeah, I have been told that. I'm yet to see any. We have to go and find it. Like, we're here now. Maybe we should go for a walk at lunch and see if we can find... Yeah, I think we'll have to. Mm. And we were thinking about sort of, like, trying to set up a shrine to you, by you. We could, like, under the photo, put, like, some fresh flowers, some candles. I think that seems really appropriate. I don't I don't think that's inappropriate at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't be a bit weird at all when yeah, any teachers come slash. by and go, uh-huh, <laughs> <laughs> Katie has a fan, right? Okay, uh, we're here because uh, we are talking about animation. We were talking about animation. This came up in conversation just before, Georgia. Animation is kind of your thing. Indeed it is. Talk uh, about that. Like, how, how did animation become your thing? Well, um, I've loved animation all my life. I grew up with all the Disney movies, all the classic Disney, Pixar, all that stuff. Mm. Um, I think it really set in when, um, I forgot which or what show it is. I don't watch them usually, but it came up. And um, it was when uh, Pixar short Bayo won um, Best Short Animation or something like that. It won Like at the Oscars award, or something. Something like that, yes. Yeah. Again, don't know my stuff. But um, <laughs> all I know is that they won. And um, producer, directors, these um, two women came up and started going off about Never Give Up to all the little girls sitting in their rooms with their sketchbooks, you know, look at this, take this as an example of what you can do. Yeah, wow. And that, that really, like, sunk into me, like, wow, like, I really want to do this. This is really special. I remember seeing that short film because that was the film that they showed at the start of um, The Incredibles 2 I in the cinemas and it's r- really moving about this idea of a I forget the premise but it's like it's got a is it a child as a dumpling or something yes. um, and the child comes alive and yeah it's um it's this I'm again yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this mother that's like reliving her life with her yeah little boy and slowly starting to lose him, sort of. Mm. You know, growing up, you know, become a bit distant. Um, but yeah, and then slowly gaining that relationship back. Yeah, it's just a concept of growing up and moving apart, but you know, family always comes first. That's right. And then he comes back later in his as life. As not a dumpling. <laughs> as not a dumpling, <laughs> yes. but then they have this thing, this ritual that they eat. Is it donuts together or something it's like bao. that? Bao. Like yeah, bao is the Chinese, it's like a Chinese. It's not a dumpling. It's like a bready dumpling. Something like that. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. (laughs) They're really good. Would recommend. Are they? Yummy. Doesn't she get some of that into you? Yeah, she she does end up eating him. him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she does. That's right. I remember you got to go. Oh, that's a twist. (laughs) She doesn't want him to go out, and so she eats him to stop him going out. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. And then yeah, he comes back again as not a dumpling. (laughs) So clearly, the eating him is the symbolic to her basically doing something that ruins and fractures their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Eating, eating, eating him, him, eating dumpling child will do that. Yeah. Definitely. But this is kind of what you want to go on and do. Yes, definitely. Georgia. 
Um, and what would that look like? Like, how do you sort of like in your in your ideal version of kind of what you see going forward for you? What would that look like? Well, I'm very much into character design and yeah, all that. So in an ideal world, I'd love to be able to work on like big projects, designing characters. You know, um, I'd, lo- I'd love to learn how to animate them, and yeah, just yeah, working on big projects. You know, you know, heading up there. You know, getting the awards and no, but well, yeah, you, know, you never know. You know, anything's possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's that's what the one that really kind of inspired you. For you, best animation you've ever seen? Oh boy, there's so many. Every single Disney movie is. Uh, but um, I think yeah, the one movie, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, really like changed everything. I watched it for the first time and I just could not stop like like going through my head, just like oh my gosh, this is amazing. Just like it completely changed the animation game for me. You know, it, for a lot of a lot of people. Um, just its stylization. The, yeah, the comic book stylization, the way that they animated the characters in the first place. It's yeah. nothing that's really ever been done before. It was right. something really special. And looking back at some of this stuff, like the top grossing movies of 2019 so far, we're just seeing literally kind of reboot animation, reboot animation based in this kind of superhero genre a bit. I mean, what do you think, Bella? Do you think that the future of cinema is animated? Well, I've got to say. With a cape. I have never seen a Marvel movie. So I actually have no clue what any of you are talking about. But So you um, have no desire to see one? Well, I mean, like I'd watch them, like I don't I just have never really thought about it. I spend my days watching Netflix, so um I think the animation is a really cool way to do things. Like I think that it adds something more that live action movies can't. Like I think it's more like pleasing to the eye like it makes you really think about it more and I think a lot more work not work but a lot more talent with the editing goes into the animation movies whereas Mm. with live action movies it's all about the actors but then with animation movies you've actually got to match a movement to the like infliction in someone's voice so I think that takes a lot more okay Georgia, what do you think? As a, as a passionate animation fan, would you be worried if the future of cinema was animated? Well, as much as I absolutely adore animation, you know, live action is also, you know, where it's all began, you know, you can't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of live action also, you know, involves animation, you know, CGI, it's half of what a movie is really yeah. a lot of it yeah you mm. know not necessarily all animation but definitely I feel like it's going to become a lot more popular mm. it's already pretty popular it is I mean Marvel went from literally being almost bankrupt to being the biggest movie company in the world something that I'm sure doesn't bother you too much Katie Panton well like to an extent like I love film and for me like obviously I think like I do like Marvel movies and I enjoy them, but I also really like independent films and films mm. that were made out of no money and just a camera and people who have a story to tell. And I personally feel like this year, a lot of that's been lost, even like with what Disney's done this year, you know, with a Toy Story reboot. And I think like Pixar's insane. Their animation technique is phenomenal and they're changing the game. But I think like a reboot of a franchise kind of it just strikes me as a money grab I think like the Lion King I kind of felt that way as well like sure I love Beyonce I like hearing her sing and that's fine and they cast her as Nala in good times but it's like I want stories that like make me feel something that I don't know like I want 
to come out of a cinema and like feel something mm. that I haven't felt before and I feel like I'm not getting that from cinema as much anymore or in general that's not what people are looking for like people are just looking for these blockbuster movies to like be in awe of like CGI battles more so than human storytelling which is like I don't know it just can be done so well and I just feel like it's not it's not getting done I want more (laughs) (laughs) that was Ed Sheeran and Khalid you are listening to Arch D 1079 Life we've got Big Daddy Weave and Lewis Capaldi coming up in the next 10 minutes all right so Georgia we were having a little bit of a chat off air about um (laughs) I don't know how this came up but you said (laughs) You are, your family is the family from the Disney movie Brave. It is. It was a bit of a random thing just to say out of the blue. It is. Well, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> very specific, but yes. it's, very, it's very awesome for me because, yeah, um, went to see the movie. And, yeah, the, okay, the way that was similar is, so Merida is the older sister with the crazy curly hair. Uh-huh. I have that. She has mum and a dad, mum, um, you know, brown hair big dad my dad's not big but you know he's a yeah you know and um and three triplet younger brothers and i have triplet younger brothers get out i do yes. that's crazy i know my mum is a god and so is my dad but um yeah and i just found that really special you know is it's a very strange you know mixture to have strange family and you know to have that in an awesome movie like yeah. that. One of my favorite, she's one of my favorite Disney princesses, and you know, it's pretty special. So I guess though, in terms of the the whole thing of likening you to a character in Disney and the family, I mean, do you have to see yourself in the character? Do you have to, because if they're not like you, then you can't really no, yeah, you gotta, connect, yeah. can you? Yeah, you gotta connect, yeah. Um, you gotta relate yourself to them, you know. Um, their problems, their struggles, their thoughts, you know. Merida is not just a teenager. She's in an arranged marriage. I am not. Um, right. <laughs> I swear. Um, so I can't really Thanks for that, checking but, that one in. Yes, I hope not. <laughs> no, um, just, you know, finding her place in life, um, living with this crazy family. Yeah, my family's crazy, but in a good way, I swear. Love yeah, yeah. Um, so the question that I'd like to throw open to the table, <laughs> Bella and Ronan, if you had to liken yourself as being a part of any Disney family, what would that family be, Bella? I've got to say The Incredibles, but not quite typically. Like, I have a younger brother, but I reckon I'd be more like Dash and my brother would be more like Violet. My brother's pretty closed off and he likes his like his own space and he's not a very like talkative or social person but I'm just always bouncing off the walls like I'm allergic to coffee so I don't know how I get so hyper well, actually that's probably then a good thing <laughs> but I'm like bouncing off the walls all the time and I'm always like rushing and I'm like really yeah I'm always really hyper and I'm always just like shaking like not shaking but always always got so much energy yeah but then my mum is a lot like Elastigirl because she's like really like family oriented oriented but she has her own hopes and dreams and she like accomplishes her own goals and then my dad oh i don't know my dad's pretty strong so he's kind of like <laughs> dad but he's like he's a businessman i don't know what he does he does in his spare time he works out in his spare time so yeah well, there Back you go comparison. there it is yeah. there it is so he has a, he has a double life he's a businessman and a workout man yeah <laughs> yeah definitely very much like mr incredible yeah. how about you ronan what's your uh, what, what who is your disney family ronan well to be honest to start with when you asked that question i was thinking i do not have a life that interesting that it could be replicated (laughs) in a disney movie but um upon reflection i'm thinking uh 
frozen, you know, like we have the... Uh, <laughs> no, so, and who are you? <laughs> so Elsa or Anna. So yeah, I, yeah. Have, um, I have an older brother. Um, to be honest, I think I am the annoying little sister. I would have to be Anna, you know, um, it's inevitable. I'm constantly annoying my brother, I can tell. He's just saying he doesn't want to build a snowman with me all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, he's <laughs> kind of locking me out of the room. <laughs> And I'm begging to build a snowman and no reply. Are we talking about a metaphorical snowman or are you, are you literally trying to build a snowman? Good well, luck trying to build that here. I know it's been a cold a winter here in Adelaide, but... Um, yes, uh, I am meaning an, a metaphorical... A metaphorical snowman. snowman. A snowman of Hey, will you come out and build a metaphorical snowman? Do you want yes. to build a metaphorical snowman? <laughs> Who knew? No. A bit of sand, a sandman on the beach instead. Mm, yes. The Australian version of Do frozen. you want to build a sandman? Yes. <laughs> I don't frozen. think he'd want to build a sandman either, to be honest. Really? Frozen, yeah, the Australia version. Australia <laughs> version. Right, okay. So he is aware that it's metaphorical, though. You, he does I... understand that. <laughs> or would now be a good opportunity to tell him... You know what? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to build a snowman <laughs> with me because he he's he thinks I'm being legit. And okay. can I get in touch with? An, can we have an, an inner Doctor Phil moment right here on the show where I go? Of course. If he was here right now, what would you like to say to him? I I guess I'd like to say that <laughs> Shay, I don't want to build a literal snowman. <laughs> mm. Oh man, that got me right there, oh. right yeah, there. I felt that. Yep. <laughs> That was Lewis Capaldi. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. Marshmallow and Katie Hurst are on the way in the next 10 minutes. Okay, so we're here at Cabra having just a whale of a time. Whale of a time. One of the things that we do when we kind of like brainstorm ideas for what we're going to talk about on a show, one of the questions that we ask is, is there anything kind of like interesting or unusual that you don't mind sharing that people may not know? And we were talking about just some general bits and pieces. And then you said, Bella, I would like to go and work for the UN and essentially make the world a better place. Well, essentially that's what the UN's supposed to do, right? That's, yeah. that's the yeah. aim of it. And that kind of came up kind of a little bit out of nowhere. So what is it that's motivated you to want to kind of want to make sort of like a difference on that sort of like that larger scale in the world? Um, well, for like the longest time in primary school and middle school and even at the start of high school, it was all, always about making my parents proud. And mm-hmm. so... And what did they want from you? What did they, they want? They are the most supportive people I've ever met. They wouldn't care if I wanted to run off and go to Broadway. They wouldn't... Like, they would support me, but it was more so about... Well, if you run off and actually wind up on Broadway, <laughs> unless, of course, you mean like living on the streets of Broadway, <laughs> that's not so good. But if you wind up on Broadway as a performer, you're doing pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah pretty well. <laughs> It was like more so that they worked so hard to put me through private school all my life and that um, like they worked so hard to support me and so it was always about giving back to them. And so if I got like an A, it was like, oh, my parents are going to be so proud of me. That's really good. And so that's what's kind of driven me and I get like I get pretty good grades. But more recently, it's become about proving it to myself and being more proud of myself rather than doing it for someone else. And so I've realized that making people happy is what makes me happy. And so I love to like help people and I love to like make things like picking up like rubbish that like makes me happy. It's like really weird, but picking up rubbish on the street, that's like my thing, it's like my jam. (laughs) Was there a moment when that all for you changed, do you think? 
Was there an event or anything that kind of happened where you went, actually, making myself feel um, that I'm actually doing something that I can be proud of matters the most to, to me? Yeah, I was kind of thinking because my parents and I were talking about university and mm-hmm. like where I want where I want to go after high school and I realized that I want don't really like I want to go somewhere like I'd love to go study in England. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that thing of like achieving something like I really want to do something with my life and I feel like helping people I love to help people and I love to like make things better. And I think like the UN obviously makes the world a better place, so like why not? go and like try and work for the UN and try and make like slowly just make my mark on the world and make the world a better place. To be honest, I think my parents, they've they've always been so supportive of me and my brother in everything that we do, of course. And but I feel like um they've always left it open to us to choose what we want to do. Like my brother and I were very artistic. We perform together, we make music. Um I'm a songwriter and singer and like my parents really respect that I'd love to pursue that and like do take it up as a career maybe. Like my brother, he's studying jazz at the conservatorium at the moment and like we just couldn't believe how like accepting my parents were of that and they've just been they've always really welcomed the idea of us like doing what we enjoy that that's what they're passionate about. Mm. So in a way they kind of support the idea that that you want to be proud of of, of what it is that you're achieving just for, for your own gratification and for your own like following your following your dreams I guess yeah yeah definitely I think my parents yeah they're strong believers in self um, self-validation sure. and seeking that self-acceptance first and um yeah I feel like even at school there's this pressure put on you by friends and you're comparing yourself to others around you and grades and all this stuff that doesn't matter and at the end of the day it's just as long as you try your best and put in that effort yourself and you're happy with that like that's what matters and that's what's important sure katie you've come at this a completely different way you were saying yeah so my mum's always been heaps open-minded like she's never really drawn much importance to being like specifically academic like I did well in school but that was like purely self-motivated like I've never had that pressure obviously there are expectations like I she wanted me to do well but it wasn't like I expect you to go on and become a doctor like she's always been heaps open-minded and just like whatever you feel like you can do and pursue whereas I always personally felt like I had like pressure from I guess it was myself like I kind of thought it was like society I had in my head I was like I need to be able to do something that's gonna be like a really stable job that I need to do in order to be successful and happy as a person and then I like got to uni and got into commerce and was doing like majoring in marketing and doing all that stuff and then I realized it didn't make me happy and no one actually cares what I'm doing. Like, it's a, it's like a made-up pressure that you have, I think, from school that you need to do something really academic. And was go. there a light bulb moment for you in that whole thing? Like, was there a second in that, the sitting in that room or whatever it is you were doing with that commerce degree where you went, actually, this is wrong. Yeah, this is not for me. Yeah, I was sitting in a two-hour accounting lecture and I unenrolled from my course and changed to an <laughs> arts degree. While you were in the lecture. Yeah, and then I just wow. stood up and walked out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best decision I've ever made. It was that's awesome. That yeah. is that is my. I just, I just said I was like I don't want to be qualified in this because I don't want anyone to think that I enjoy doing accounting. Like I don't want this on my resume. Like right. this isn't who I am. I'd rather be like 
do anthropology and history and just be heaps interested and excited to go to uni every day and yeah. possibly not get a job afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but if I do, I'll be doing what I love and care about. And yeah. that's like what matters. Yeah, for sure. That was Marshmallow and Kane Brown. You're listening to RG 1079 Life. Okay, we've been here at Cabra. This is actually my first time coming here since two years since I graduated. I've had a really nice time. The school has changed a lot, and I'm extremely jealous of all the facilities you guys now have. Um, but it's been great talking to you all, Ronan, Bella, and Georgia. Yeah, it's Thank been a pleasure. You. Thank it's been you. so good. Thank it's you. been awesome. Loved it. We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 107.9 Live for more of your music. We'll see you in a couple of days. Bye. Bye. Bye.